From Relay FM, this is Connected, episode number 32. Today's show is brought to you by PDF Pen Scan Plus from Smile, the app for mobile scanning and OCR, and Bushel, a cloud-based mobile device management solution for the Mac, iPhone, and iPad. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined, as always, by the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net, Mr. Federico Vatici. Hi, Mike. Hello, Federico. How are you today? Doing well, thank you. And the editor-in-chief and co-founder of Relay FM, the one and only Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hey, bud. Hello. How are you? Good. How uh, How's Italy? Is Italy in one piece, Federico? Still together, I think. It's good. No civil yeah. war or anything. No, 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 no. We are I, not I like America. To... Have you ever had a civil war, Federico, in Italy? Uh, um, uh, no. I'm really bad at history. Italian, I'm oh, Italian civil. You definitely. Uh, did. there yeah, was did. some kind of. It was in 1943. It wasn't even long ago, and it was two <laughs> years mean? long. Like that your was... grandparents would have been involved in this. Maybe even your parents. Were they? Uh, maybe they just didn't care. I don't know. No, that was the World War Two in in 43. In which Come the on. Italian resistance and the Italian oh, co-belligerent yeah, yeah. That, army that fought and defeated the forces of the fascist Italian Social Republic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh yeah, you knew yeah. all about that one, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, that Civil War. I, I misplaced that Civil War in my memory. No, you know, I told you as all sorts of, you know, when I'm supposed to know stuff that involves politics, I tend to just not care. So the moment you mention, you know, the resistance and fascism, I just I, my mind my mind just goes blank. That's okay. I hope that yeah. like your family don't listen to this and get really upset at you. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm I'm pretty sure um, you know a lot of Italian people will get upset. I just don't care about uh, not not Italy, just you know politics and stuff. Uh, when I when I left sort of regular school and we go into what we call college here, which is between the ages of sixteen and eighteen, which at the time was uh, it was like a choice, but now it's compulsory that you have to go into school or some form of higher education until you're eighteen. One of the subjects that I decided to take for my A levels was history. And one of the subjects that we did in our first term was the English Civil War, which I found so boring that I dropped I dropped the entire subject and I just no longer did that A-level. <laughs> there you go. There's a mic fact for me. Yeah. There's a lot of people, um, especially a lot of my friends, they get really upset when I, when I tell them that I don't follow the news when it comes to politics in Italy and stuff. And they get really, really upset. Um, I don't know. I just don't, don't have the time to follow that. You know, theater. <laughs> I don't know, just me. Not politics on this show. <laughs> Stephen, please take us into follow up. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will take us into follow up. So yesterday, I'm gonna paint you guys a picture. Uh, I get home from work, and there is a package waiting for me. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I order things, and then I, I lose track of when they're going to show up. So I was like, oh, what did I order that would show up today? And I couldn't think of anything. I did not recognize the sending address. It wasn't from Amazon. It wasn't from Apple. It, just a guy. So I cut it open, and it is the QuickTime Live sweatshirt that we <laughs> talked about last week. <laughs> That's incredible. Wow. Uh, so there's a there's a picture of it in the show notes proving that it exists. Uh, a Are you friend wearing of mine, it? No. Uh. No. Um, Did you wash it? Not yet. It is in the laundry, though. It's, uh, it's from a friend of mine who listens to the show, so uh, that's how he had my address, and... Uh, 
he mailed it to me and I was really freaked out at first. And then there was like a little piece of paper, like a little eBay receipt saying, Oh, this was a gift from so-and-so. And, uh, so a uh, big thanks to my buddy Cole for the, uh, for the sweatshirt. Definitely the, uh, I know Cole. Yeah. You know, Cole, the most tangible follow-up we've ever had. <laughs> I can wear the follow-up. You better wear um, that to the BABDC. I really should. I really, really should. Uh, I should pack that. Yep. Um, so that's pretty great. We also have a a lot of follow up from Sweden. So the the Swedes have come out in force <laughs> this week about teletext. Which, if you missed last week's show, uh, we talked about teletext, which is was this weird like internet over your TV thing that yeah. was in Europe for a while uh, until in BB uh, in in the BBC land uh, mm-hmm. in the United Kingdom. So just a couple of years ago, according to the BBC. Um, so we have a couple links here. Um, Gustav wrote in Gustav. The V said the service was here was huge here in Sweden and, st- and is still widely used. It was migrated to digital TV. So that's what we talked about with the two of you that it more or less went away when the when the move to digital over the air happened. Um, in Sweden apparently it survived and it is uh, available from the publicly funded TV networks website. Um, so I played with this for a little while. It's uh, you know in Swedish, so it's not super helpful. But uh, it's really kind of an adorable way to get around the internet because it's just numbers that you would put in with your remote. It's it's pretty fascinating. Mike, if someone were to want to play with this, how could they find that link? Well, they could go to our show notes, which you can find at relay.fm slash connected slash 32 or check your podcast app of choice. Uh, we also have in the show notes a screenshot from the Swedish app store where the uh, text TV apps do very well. Uh, they are in the, um, the the number one free news app. So in the news category, uh, you can download the uh, iOS app. I did not try this. I didn't see if it was available in the U.S. store. I assume that it's not. But if you have an iPad and you're in Sweden, you can um, use this on your iPad instead of pointing a remote at television, which is somehow even stranger. Federica, this feels like like something that is ultimate for you. You can you can get it on the store, Text TV on the App Store. I'm gonna put it in the show notes. You know, I feel like now you can really, you can finally use your iPad as a creation consumption device. Exactly. <laughs> that's a that's a good joke, Michael. <laughs> joke will never end, my friend. It's gonna. Yeah, you know, I oh. should actually check out one of those Italian teletext apps. They're really popular on on the Italian App Store. I guess because people like my dad um, still read the teletext, maybe. I don't know. You should do it and then um, follow up next week. So that's your homework. Um, but we need to be fair. We we want to be fair to all nations and creeds. So uh, Sweden is not the only country we have heard from this week. Uh, in the Netherlands, uh, it is also still around from the uh, the public TV organization. And there's a site here as well, um, nos.nl. dot slash something in Dutch. But um, <laughs> so what? I, my favorite part about this website is that on the left it puts the teletext screen, and on the right hand side puts a fake remote, so you can navigate this as if you were at your TV. It's it's really quite uh quite wonderful. And um, I really just love how we have gone down this route to something I had I was not kidding last week. I had no idea this existed, so it's been 
It's been very fun for me. There's, I find something so beautiful about Dutch. Like, the word teletext, <laughs> the way that they spell it in Dutch is so... It's just so beautiful. T-E-L-E-T-E-K-S-T, teletext. Like, it just... I don't know. There's just something about the way that they write a lot of their words. Like, I see one button here, which is like about cookies, which is cookie in Stellingen and Pensan. I, I don't know. I really like Dutch. Have, have either of you ever yeah. been to Amsterdam? I'm going to probably guess no. Uh, I've been through the airport, but that's it. Sheepole. No, I, I, I've never been. My friends went for obvious reasons. Uh, I didn't. I have what been reason? I have been to Amsterdam <laughs> on a purely cultural basis. Sure. As well. mm, no, seriously, sure. I, I mm. went with with a with a previous uh, girlfriend, and we went and we w- went to the museums and it's a you know we went to the canals and all that sort of stuff. Is it right? As well as all of the obvious things. There that it is. Exist. Uh, no, that wasn't on. Wait. Hmm. So you pointed out uh, the the word that you like. My favorite thing about this screenshot is that sports and disclaimer are just English words. Uh, sport is channel six hundred one, and the disclaimer is on three ninety three. If you need to check that out later, unless they mean completely different things. Yeah, sport could mean um, news, yep. and disclaimer could mean sports. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Who knows how words are formed? Uh, Mike, we the next piece of follow up from Adam on Twitter is directed at you. Yep. Uh, did you ever take the bamboozle quiz? Yes. And a uh, friend of the show, Mr. Ian Broom, wrote to me today to remind me about the bamboozle quiz. What uh, is a bamboozle? So it was this was just a, the name of a quiz that was on Channel 4's teletext, so you could play a, like a, a game on it. <laughs> I'm just looking at the screenshot. Yeah, that's called this bamboozle. This looks like a fake Simpsons on the teletext. So did you remember how I was saying like you could kind of do like make your own adventure type things? You know, you'd go to the right pages or the wrong pages depending on the answers and you know, mm-hmm. you type in numbers and it would tell you if you was right or wrong. So bamboozle. So did you great. play this? Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Were you good at it? Uh I don't remember. I probably wasn't because mm. I would have been very young. How did you feel while you were playing the the quiz? <laughs> um probably uh probably stupid. I'm going to go with stupid. These are really weird questions that you're asking me right now. And I think you both know you're doing it. Uh, so I don't really know what to do. I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> Sounds like a normal question to me, oh, by the way. So uh, there's a, I see an old Mac in the yeah. follow-up. So just assuming it's related to you. Yeah, so Paul Moore, uh, he just gets me, and uh, he wrote in to say that his old Mac, uh, a Performa, so some of the Performas you could put a TV card in, you could you could run um, antenna or coax into the into the computer, not to be confused with the Mac TV, which is a totally different model, um, said uh, with the TV card you could do teletext and even copy text from pages to the clipboard. So you could have text in a teletext article and then like paste it into AppleWorks, which is... Really, the the most strange sentence I've ever said related to technology, but um, it's I can't great. believe the amount of teletext follow up that we have had. I I mean, think about it, Stephen. What are the chances of another person on Earth who owned an old sixty eight K Performa and listens to a podcast where they mention teletext and tweets back saying that he used to do the clipboard copying on this old Mac and you happen to be on this podcast. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty, it's pretty, uh, special. The, the, 
Pretty special. The stars have aligned. I would say. There's there's other people like you out there. <laughs> oh yeah, Do- there are dozens of us. Yeah. It's an arrested <laughs> development reference. Um, so the the next bullet point I didn't write. It says turning off the Wi-Fi. Uh, <laughs> And why Federico is dumb. So I, I what, really yeah. hoped you didn't write this. Otherwise, no. I was worried there was no, going to be a I, fight. No, no, Federico, <laughs> what, what's going on with your netgear? I'm stupid. That's what's going on. <laughs> Basically, there's a there's a setting in the in the administration ugly web page that mm. you get with the with the netgear device by default. Of course, when you go there, you can go to advanced settings. And you can schedule the Wi-Fi to be off for a certain period of uh, of the day, and you can set you can set a schedule for you can you can say do this every day. So at this very specific time, turn the Wi-Fi off and turn it back on at this other time, or you can set. Uh, the, you can do this every day or choose the days where uh, these settings repeats. And what's nice about this is that you don't have to turn off the entire device. It's just the Wi-Fi uh, is turned off and back on. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm very much um, dumb because I should have looked before. Uh, so Did now you I'm say using... that you didn't want to put it on a fixed timer, though? Yeah, that's a problem because now that I'm that I've discovered this setting, uh, there's another another issue. What if I don't know? What if I wake up wake up earlier? Or you work I late? Wo- or I work late and I need to adjust the uh, Wi-Fi time? I'm pretty sure there's no Netgear app that lets me do this easily. And even if it existed. I mean, the Wi-Fi is off, so I would have to go into the settings with my computer, not using the Wi-Fi, because the Wi-Fi is off, so I would need to get an adapter, plug in the Ethernet cable into my computer, and override the setting. Mm. So I'm not sure if this setting is what I want to do, what I want to choose. I don't know. See, this is a... This is a whole problem for me. Pretty sure I should just give up. So and was it that the 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 Wii Mo is it called the Wii Mo? What's it called? The Wii Mo. The Wii Mo cannot turn on without there being Wi-Fi. The the Wii Mo rules that you can set up in the in the Wii Mo app, they are triggered by over the, over the internet. Right. So which is kind of silly. <laughs> I, I I mean I thought that rules could be like stored locally on the device. And instead, they are activated from your Wemo account, I, I suppose. So you, for a rule to run, the Wemo needs to be connected to, to, to the Wi-Fi. So if the Wi-Fi is off, the, the Wemo doesn't turn on. And, but also, this solution in the Netgear settings is not, is not optimal for me. No. And so either I just give up, or I go through this whole process of using the... Uh, the the router settings webpage in my computer, which is also awful. I don't know. Can it? Can, mm. Mm. So can you rem- does it turn off? <laughs> does it turn off the wireless connection, or does it turn off the just connection the to the internet? Just the wi- just Wi-Fi. Right. The device stays connected to my to my DSL line, yeah. and the Wi-Fi is off. 
See, that's a problem because, okay, cool, because my it's not like I'm turning off the entire device, but I'm not using any Ethernet cables either. No. So it's, it's, it's basically useless. You know, it's the same if you, if you were turn, turned off, really. I don't know. And can you remind I mean, the listeners and me why you need your Wi-Fi off at night? Because of another personal um, story. Yeah, he never cannot... he never said that this I the just reason need was to. there's a personal just reason. Just take my word for granted. So, someone it's... someone asked me why you were trying to do this, and I couldn't remember. So yeah, okay. because yeah, so I I was asked to find a way to do this. And there's no there's no easy way that wouldn't you know require us to go there each morning and turn on the the, the Wi-Fi manually, which we don't want to do. So what you need to know is that right now I've been using the Wemo to turn on my coffee machine remotely, which is yeah. awesome. So when I'm driving home, I can oh. use the we- <laughs> I use the Wemo app and the, esp- <laughs> and the espresso the espresso machine. Uh, is turned on, and when, uh, today, for instance, I I walked into my apartment, and the espresso machine was hot, and I and I brewed my espresso, and then it you know it turned off automatically. It I felt like a king. <laughs> See, that's <laughs> the that's of... the problem with this stuff is you feel like a king until it does just one thing that you can't solve have you tried any other brands of home automation switch do you do you have any brands you would recommend smart things i think oh no that's my samsung i'm not buying samsung stuff really oh come on (laughs) what's the one that david sparks uses isn't it the smart things yeah i didn't know they bought them it's not by samsung (laughs) come on federico come on it's the same don't be that guy. What if they work though? I well, I bought a Samsung television because it's a nice display. Right. But stuff for my house that you know controls my lights and uh, I don't know. And Samsung I'm just builds that guy. Everything. You have Samsung parts inside your iPad. It's like Uh-oh. not. <clears throat> Anyways, Mike. Well, I don't know if there's Samsung parts inside my iPad. There definitely in are. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, can you put us out of our misery? Yeah, there a is a solution here. I don't know what it is yet, but we'll f- one day we will f- before before too long, Federico, we will solve this problem for you. No, we won't. There's really no way to solve this, and it's terrible I'm because I really wanted to. The only solution would be for Wemo or any other company to store rules locally into the switch. That's the only way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm sure. I bet that there is another one of these connected home things that could do this, but I just don't can know what you, one it would can be. Can you imagine if the smart things is the only one? Then get the smart things. <laughs> they existed before Samsung. <sighs> Come on. We'll I'm going to we'll buy you see. one. I'm going to buy you one. <laughs> no, don't buy do me it. stuff. I'm going to buy you one. Why, why and then I'm going to buy all... you a Nest, you... and I'm going to buy you... You a... always have this urge to buy me stuff. Because I'm I want to infiltrate poor. your uh, your home with uh, connected why? devices you want to, you, you want to? You just want to project your shopping problem onto me. Yes. Wow. <laughs> because it's not really my shopping problem if I'm just buying you gifts. It's a different... It's a whole different thing. <laughs> uh, what about the iSmart alone? No, it's a home What's security an system. What's an iSmart? An iSmart what? I don't know. It's, it's on the <laughs> Apple store. 
I'm looking. Are you now. just looking at the Apple Store for gifts? Well, I'm just. I'm looking. Oh no, I was gonna say what about the Belkin, but no, that's the Wemo. Uh, you what's can buy the me Insight stuff, Switch? They have a couple of different ones. What is the Insight Switch? Can you about? can you buy me a new car, Mike? Yes. As soon as Apple release one, I will buy you one. How about that? Mm. See, that's the kind of a gift that that I would really welcome into into my life. Uh, I'm looking at a different Wemo switch here. Also, don't buy me a Nest because I I I'm not sure I can use a Nest in Italy. You don't know if you have the the correct wiring. I I, I don't even know what's a wire. But they. <laughs> <laughs> That's a significant problem. <laughs> um, see, I I I call people for this stuff. I don't fix stuff in my house because I I create damage. I don't do wires. I call the wire guy. That's how I do things. <laughs> I think we've asked you this question before. Can you have the the router in your bedroom? It is in my bedroom. So why can't you just reach over and turn it off? It's the principle. That oh, Federico! <laughs> I had no. I thought it was in a totally different part no, of the house. No, no, it's. it's I'm right done with trying by, to help it's you. It's on my nightstand. I'm done with trying to help you now. This week's no. episode of Connected is brought to you by Bushel, the cloud-based mobile device management solution for the Mac, the iPhone, and the iPad. What Bushel allows you to do is say you have a small business or you have a small team, and in that team or business, you manage Apple devices and uh, you want to be able to get apps and devices, apps onto devices and set up like email accounts and different security settings, basically to help people get ready to do work with either their devices or the devices that you give them. What Bushel allows you to do is unlike a lot of other products like this, you don't need a dedicated IT manager or have to have read like a bunch of books to understand how to use it. It has been built fundamentally to be easily used and understood by anyone. It has a really smart, clean, simple easy to understand user interface but it puts great power at your fingertips like you're able i mentioned before like you'd set up email accounts right so you have like a work email account maybe like an exchange account or a google apps account or something that's got like really complicated security you can basically set it all up and just push those devices push that information out to devices you can do this all wirelessly and can enforce passcodes in case you know you're working with clients that have really sensitive data so you want to make sure the devices are locked down and let's say that you somebody lost a device they lost their iPhone or their iPad that's got their work stuff on it you can wipe it remotely you can also remotely install apps onto people's devices as well you can also silo those apps so let's say for example you use Box in your company and you store all of your uh, documents there you're actually able to lock Box down so people so you can't transfer the data from within that application so you can't transfer the files to other apps i didn't even know you could do this but it's something that is able to be taken advantage of in ios and that's what bushel they put that power right into your hands you can also help with your own bring your own device scheme in your workplace so you don't have to as a business owner buy a bunch of iphones if everybody has iphones you can just install the specific stuff that people need to work in your workplace you can put all of that stuff on there and if they ever leave or they change device you can take all of those settings all of the, all of those apps all of that data off without touching any of that person's personal information as well so it kind of just keeps them separate and it may it makes people just have to have one phone rather than two phones you know you don't need a day phone and a night phone with bushel you can just have one phone 
Bushel allows for super simple automatic setup of Apple devices in your workplace, allowing you to simply configure and manage them without having to devote all of the resources of a dedicated IT manager. With Bushel, you can get all of the control that your business needs without having to lose all of your time. You can sign up right now at bushel.com, that's B-U-S-H-E-L.com slash connected. The first three devices that you register will be free for life. And for any more, it's just $2 per device per month. So it's an awesome deal. Go and try them out. Thank you so much to Bushel for supporting this show and Relay FM. We have a topic zero this week. Okay. And it's the Becoming Steve Jobs book. It's gone on sale today. Um obviously not prepared to talk about the book because none of us have read read it it. yet. Um, I just wanted to point out like how interesting it is that Apple is promoting it. So there's a link to Mac rumors um, that, you know, Eddie Q was quoted, you know, about the book and the iBooks team had just been like tweeting about it for weeks. And um, I thought it was really interesting. You know, they even had a uh, spokesperson in the New York times say that it was better than anything they've, they've seen. John Gruber said the same, right, as well? Uh, sure. He did. Um, I just find it really interesting that it is a, uh, like, they didn't say a word about the Isaacson book. They didn't have said a word about anything else. They basically ignore the fact that there's, like, blog coverage and stuff. You know, they, they have journalists come to events, but that's about as far as it goes. And so to, this is basically, like, the gold stamp from Cupertino. So uh, I'm looking forward to reading it. Are you guys uh, are you guys gonna pick this up? Yeah, um, um, I think I will. I will get a Kindle copy. Um, just because I have a lot of Kindle cre- credit in my Amazon account, just more convenient. Also, the Kindle app is not too bad. I think it used to be. It used to be worse. Now it's kind of decent. Uh, I also am trying to avoid spoilers as much as possible, which can be difficult these days because every Apple blog, except a few ones, are basically posting news from the book, which is kind of silly, but I guess it makes sense for page views. Um, so I set, up a, I set up a filter in Newsblur, which is my RSS app of choice, and I'm trying to avoid all the spoilers there. The problem is Twitter, and now I'm going to get you two and other people saying, oh, you can set up filters in TweetBot. I wasn't going to say do. that. You said it yep. for me. I, I didn't yep. even think of I it. I don't use TweetBot, so no filters on Twitter, which has been problematic uh, because, you know, the, I see the, 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 the blog people uh, posting the news, but I'm surviving, and you know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read the book, Stephen. That was a long answer. I'm sorry. I haven't seen any any uh, any information about the book yet. Anyway. Well, you don't follow the right people. I follow you. <laughs> uh, see, <laughs> <laughs> you're getting it. Hey, can you guys guess how I am going to consume this book? Uh, the the I don't know the audio, audio version. Yeah, version. Yeah. I've already downloaded it, and I'm going to be listening to it on my travels. It's 16 hours long, and uh, I'm really excited about it. I got audible.com when I got it on Audible. They're not a sponsor. Uh, yeah, when I downloaded it, and uh, I signed up for a like it was 25. It was like 25 pounds, or I could sign up for an, a new account because I had an old account and get it on the free trial and pay seven pounds. So I did that, and then I'm just going to cancel. Mike, do you do? 
do you do anything to compensate for uh, your lack of usage of your site? I look at things all the time. Really? I'm I'm looking at stuff right now. Well, you're you're not really looking, you're seeing. You don't really exercise your eyesight because you either talk or you listen to audiobooks and videos, but you never really read. But why do... I I don't think you understand how eyes work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm concerned a little bit now. (laughs) No, I do understand. It's just you need to exercise them also. Uh, I mean, I do I read things. I'm reading, I'm reading these web pages. I'm reading them right now. I just don't read books. Promise me you're going to read a book this year. No. <laughs> Promise me wow. you'll turn off your modem by the wall every night. Mm. There we go. <laughs> you start doing that and I'll read a book. Okay. I'll read a book we'll, about modems. We'll follow up on this. <laughs> <laughs> so today is a question and answer episode of Connected. And you might be thinking to yourself, is that because no one came up with topics and you would be more or less correct? So there um, is a thing about this. Like I was thinking about this, like why why are we doing Q&A today? Um, and then I was listening to the talk show and they were talking about the gap currently between where we are from yeah, product announcement to product release. A- it's Apple's fault. We are in like a, 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 a valley at the moment of awaiting yeah. stuff. The valley of the shadow of Apple Watch. Yep. So here we are. We have a we have a Q and A episode. I like I like Q and A. I mean, Me I too. have shows that have their whole components, whole whole verticals actually about Q and A. So, can we do the can we do the round robin? Yeah, my thought was <laughs> we could round robin based on Mike has very helpfully organized these by subject. So I figured one of us could ask all you know like per subject and we just go around. So, um, so that's like a round robin, round robin. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh, it's, a, it's the double round robin. It's like robin cubed. Uh, Federico, do you want to start uh, with the Apple Watch questions? Sure. Um, listener Justin uh, is asking, do your significant others plan on getting Apple Watches based on your comments or independent desire or lack thereof? I would love for mine to have one, uh, to have one for digital touch and messaging, but she thinks it is ridiculous. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna reply first. Yes, Justin, my uh, girlfriend is planning to to get an Apple Watch. Still, we still don't know um, both of us which model we wanna get. Also, my mom is really interested into getting one, and she keeps saying that the gold one looks nice. I'm <laughs> pretty sure she doesn't know the price. So <laughs> I think she'll eventually end up with an Apple Watch Sport because she, she also mentioned, yeah, the gold is nice, but also the bands in the, in the, in the Sport one are, you know, are colorful, and I like them. So I, I'm fairly sure that when I'll mention the price, she'll go with the Sport one. And I talked to a bunch of friends over the weekend. They really complained about the pricing of the... Uh, so the, my friends are, at least these two friends, they are watch people. They wear traditional watches. 
and they spent hundreds of euros for these watches. I'm talking stuff like uh, Citizen and, you know, all these other popular brands. And they were really upset because they mentioned there's a price gap between the Sport and the Apple Watch Steel, and they argued that it was too much and that the bands were too expensive for the steel. And so I asked them, but are you still going to get an Apple Watch? And they were like, yeah, sure, just... Just want to complain about the price. So I know a few people who are, who are planning on getting an Apple Watch. And they are already asking me all sorts of questions about apps and stuff, which I don't know the answer to. Um, Mike, you answered this last week, right? That you're both getting watches? Yeah. Um, my wife thinks it's a ridiculous uh, device and a ridiculous use of money. So I will just be... Uh, uh, emotionally touching Mike and Federico, but not my wife. I look so. f- <laughs> uh, Excellent. <well>. <laughs> <laughs> we we have that to look forward to then, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's great news. That is great news. <laughs> Looking forward to couples therapy. Oh, uh, it's going to be so awkward, isn't it? Everyone touching each other all the time. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah. That. Do you wanna? Um, um, uh, can we switch to the next next question? Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, so, um, listener Amir. Yeah, Amir, Amir. Amir. Amir is good. Yeah. Um, what changes do you see happening between version one and version two of the Apple Watch? Mike. Battery life. Um, I don't think we're going to see any changes in screen sizes for a long time, if ever. Like, I think the only way the screen sizes change is people's... Or, like, the physical size changes is people's wrists have to get bigger. Um, I think the screen might get bigger. You know, it might push further and make smaller uh, bazelles. Um But we'll have to see about that. Small what? <laughs> Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I think... Oh, that's the ATP yes, thing, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that battery life will be a key part. I think it being more independent, um, even more so, might be another part of it. Uh, I guess fr- from my tiny brain right now, that's kind of all I can think of. Hmm. What about you, Stephen? Um, I mean, I agree with Mike. I think battery life is something that I would hope would improve. I think uh, GPS will show up at some point, maybe not in version 2. I could see that being like a, a version 3 or beyond, but I think something that would be welcome for people who want to run with it without their phone and keep up with where they have gone. Um, you know, I do think that they will change the, uh, maybe not the cases, but the band lineup, you know, to keep those fresh over time. And that might not have to be necessarily tied with version two, but, you know, maybe uh, in the fall or, you know, some point they, they introduce some new bands, some bands go away. Uh, I think they'll kind of be, changing that as they go. Hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm still not sure whether I see more, you know, Apple doing the the thinner kind of upgrade that they do on the on the iPhone and on the iPad or if they're going to keep the same uh, form factor for the second generation one, assuming there's going to be a second generation one and assuming there is going to be an annual release cycle. I still don't uh, think there will be. I I think I still think that the release cycle will be for longer Probably, than annual yeah. and the bands will be annual or seasonal. I don't know. I don't know. It's a new territory. Uh-huh. So I don't know if it'll be like thinner and lighter like an iPhone 
or if they're going to prioritize, you know, different materials, battery life, maybe find a way to upgrade the, the, the chip inside without replacing the entire device. I don't know. Um, I'm just excited to see native apps coming to later this year, I think they said. Um, but that's not really version 2. That's just, you know, a software change. So I don't know. That was a good question, listener Amir. There's a Chris with another Apple Watch question. Are you going to pre-order an Apple Watch sight unseen or go to try or go or go to a try on appointment at an Apple store first? So I'm gonna I'm gonna reply first here. I will definitely go to an Apple store. And actually, if Apple is doing when the Italian launch happens, uh, whatever that is, if they're doing any of that uh, pop-up shops in Rome or somewhere close, I don't know, in Florence, Milan is too far away. If they do any of that, I, I will go to the, to the you know, in uh, what's the name? In-store? In-store try-on? In-store, yeah, try-on, yeah. If they do, I don't know, some pop-up shop in the in the center of Rome, that'd be kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, I definitely, I, I, I'm not buying one without trying trying an Apple Watch first. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to order one and then go and do the try-on um, because I want to make sure that I can get it on launch day. Um, so there's a couple of things. So one thing that that's not clear, and and I know I'd seen this, I think on nine to five max somewhere, or Mark Gurman had tweeted about it saying about how, um, when you go into the try on, they may actually book one for you to go and pick up on the day. So basically I would do that. So what I'm, this is, this is kind of my, I have a multi-tier strategy here, guys. Are you ready? So I'm going to, I'm going to order one. I'm going to pre-order one on the 10th. Then I'm going to book to go and try one out. If I either change my mind or if they say to me, you can come back and pick it up in store, I will then cancel my pre-order and do one of those two things. This this sounds just like when you ended up with two iPads. Oh, yeah. Yeah, do you remember that? What? I <laughs> yeah. don't even know. I don't even remember how that happened. <laughs> oh, th- this is exactly how it happened. Why did, is that what I did? Oh, yeah, I ordered yes. one and then, and then went to an Apple store and I had them and then and I had two. And you somehow forgot to cancel the pre-order, I think. Yeah, I or it would it already dispatched and I couldn't cancel it. I did return that, though. I didn't keep uh, multiple iPads. Um, but I will, so yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how it will end up being, but that's kind of my, my current, uh, plan of attack. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident in the one that I'm going to order, uh, being the 42 millimeter black sport model. So my plan is to pre-order it. I will still go to the store and try it on mainly so I can talk about what that experience is like and not so much, uh, thinking that it might, um, it might change, but uh, yeah. So my plan is to pre-order. Go from there. Cool. And that about sums up all the Apple Watch questions. Steven, do you want to go next? Oh no, I'm going next. Oh, who assigned these in the document? You did, did that, didn't you? Yeah, you did that. Okay, so uh, this comes from uh, listener. Uh, mm. That's how you said her name, apparently. Aitan? 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 We'll go with every pronunciation, and we probably we probably got it. Uh, 
what do your iOS home screens look like right now? So I we're going to include in the show notes an image of our home screens currently. Um, I will say that I haven't. I don't think I've changed an awful lot about about my home screen since the since we did that the episode previously. Um, so I you know maybe I have like workflows on here now, which is which is a, a newer addition, I think. Um, but yeah, still uh, still using seven to do apps, so th- that's still the same. No, I have uh four actually. Yeah, one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. If you count Fantastical five, I don't put to dos in reminders. I'm a I'm a civilized human being. That's convenient. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> so four. <laughs> Making progress there, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't even really use Silo and Clear that much. They're just, I don't Why really have anything else there? to put there. I don't have anything else to put there. Put a f- put a, an icon with your face. I don't know. Do, do something. Idea. I should put my wow. face there. <laughs> oh, God. Mine's pretty different. Um, I've have been playing with Todoist. Um, we've still had OmniFocus and Todoist. I'm not positive that's going to stick yet. It's just been an experiment for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I switched out my weather app to Storm, which is this app by Weather Underground that's really great. And I have moved out of Evernote into uh, SimpleNote. So that's now on my home screen from uh, last time. Oh, that's a, that's a topic show. later. So we'll bring that up in a bit. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump the gun, Mike. Well, you did. Calm, calm down. You did drop the gun. So my home screen, I guess it changed a bit since the last time. Um, still going through changes because of this iPhone 6 Plus that I'm trying. And Oh, you're not using the stock wallpaper anymore? Not using... A, I, I went with a simple black wallpaper actually a few months ago, both on the iPhone and the iPad. And again, Mike, you know of this problem that I have because of virtual my my problem with too much choice so i just went nuclear on this and i just went with the black wallpaper so i don't have to choose nothing it's just the icons which is actually really helpful in quickly seeing where my stuff is um what, what's new here a uh, bunch of betas as usual still using todoist which is coming out with version 10 soon which is awesome um, switch to Pocket for reading stuff later. I'm, I'm, I think I'll have to write about this. Also, I still have to write about Newsblur, which is my new RSS client for now about three months. Really, really happy with this. Uh, gotta, I gotta talk about Google Inbox also. Um, A Google Inbox, you say? Hmm. Yeah, Google would Google it, Inbox. It, you have to be a Gmail user. To... Yeah, so we we will talk about oh, this. Oh, sure we soon. will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mike was right. Twenty fifteen. What? <laughs> I hate you, Mike. It's the year, Mike. Man, it's happening. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, uh, <laughs> what else? Do note, which is in the. In the in the bottom row, alongside workflow and lifesum, do note is actually interesting because all this stuff IFTTT is doing with all these new channels, and also because I bought a lot of uh, home automation devices, I can use these apps more. This is actually like a bunch of topics for the future: Google stuff, 
pocket to do his stem. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff we need to talk. The Sunrise Beta, they're doing some awesome work there. Yeah, this is actually not a home screen. It's like a to-do list. It's like a work in progress. <laughs> this is like articles yeah. coming up page. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but um, I'm happy with the with the six plus because it gives me more room for apps and betas, which is nice. We have more about the six plus a little later on. Yeah. So kind of uh, leading on from this, we have Spencer who asks us what our current wallpapers are on the iOS and Mac. Federico is sporting a, a very attractive black number uh, right mm-hmm. now. Um, I'm assuming that Federico doesn't have a wallpaper on his Mac. Uh, yeah, it's the default one. Okay. Yeah, because I use a Mac twice a week, so it's not a problem. And also, I don't see the wallpaper much because I have a dock at the bottom and all my windows on top of the dock. Uh-huh. So I don't. I just see two stripes uh, on both sides of the dock. Like most people in this planet who use a Mac, they're not weirdos like you who insist on keeping the dock on the left and the right. You can send follow-up email to Steven about this. Um, but yeah, the wallpaper is not a problem for me. It's just like, I think we need to rename this from Round Robin to just Round Trolling. That's effectively <laughs> what this yeah. is right now. Uh, Steven, uh, what, is your, what is your wallpaper on your iOS and Macintosh uh, devices? Uh, it is an image from... 50 Foot Shadows, which is uh, a really great photography blog. I have a link to the exact page. It's from his uh, dust collection, which he actually shot uh, here in Memphis, which is uh, super cool. This is a dusty town. It is. So John John Kerry uh, uh, is a great photographer, one of my favorites. And uh, so I have it from there. My wallpaper on my MacBook Pro is an image from NASA of the uh, their new... Orion capsule, which is what's going to take man to Mars. And it's uh, floating in the ocean after a test. And there's a battleship behind it to catch, to come swoop it up and take it back to land. And uh, it's awesome because space is awesome. So there's, a, I have a dropper link to that in the show notes. Did you take that photo? Uh, no, it was uh, made available to me by uh, the NASA website. <laughs> they sent it to me personally. Yes. Um, my iPhone has one of the stock wallpapers. Um, up until like two days ago, I kind of had forgotten about it. I, it was a pretty weird thing. I was like, oh yeah, that's what I use. I don't know how that happened. I just ignored it for a long time. I still like it. It matches the red case of my iPhone quite nicely. Um, so I'm happy about that. My Mac desktop uh, is of... it's. Uh, I am a Patreon supporter of CGP Grey, and he has a selection of wallpapers for his Patreon supporters and if you've seen his uh, animals uh, voting in the jungle voting in the animal kingdom that's it uh, he had some artwork done and I have the lion as my uh, as my background right now so there you go that is what I have sweet um, so the next section is workflows with a Z um, mm-hmm. to show how exciting it is Yes. So Nathan asks, uh, or says, states, demands, I would love to hear more about Mike's workflow when editing the show in Logic. I'm a Pro Tools user, but am getting into Logic. So I included this um, and have no idea how to really answer it. And that was why I included it. Because I feel like it's been a little while since I uh, demonstrated my cluelessness. Um, So I, I figured I would do that right now. So I don't record directly into Logic. Um, everyone records separately, um, and then we put it in there uh, because I find logic to be hilariously unstable. 
um, like logic I think I may have spoke about this on this show recently I did somewhere like logic is so unstable that if you try and open more than one logic project it warns you like are you sure you want to open more than one like if you have more than one logic project open at once uh, logic project open at once it gets yeah it, it things go horribly wrong but that's just one example of how it can be unstable um, so I kind of just drop everything in line it all up um, and I edit like i don't <laughs> i don't really know what to say uh i use i multiple track i use a trackpad and a mouse to edit um which is magic if people see me do that that's so i can use the trackpad for the zooming features and and for panning around the waveforms uh and the i use a mouse for precision editing um do you if you've have any questions to help guide me like i don't really know what to say like no it's really sort of too open-ended i mean it's very very difficult because i don't do how how do you yeah how do you bounce the shows like what's the export like talk about that i guess uh i have the settings that we choose mp3 96k mono um and they bounce quickly it's like i don't mac pro (laughs) well as well like the other thing is uh, Logic is extremely powerful, and I use the tiniest sliver of its capability. And and that's the same for most podcasters. Like, I have a few, like, you know, I have some templates set up, and we have some, like, noise gating, and I give Federico some extra bass because I think he sounds uh, more attractive that way. Did you know I did that for you, Federico? You give me extra bass? I give you extra bass. I'm all about the bass. Exactly. So that's why I give you more of it. Thank um, you. The only person I give anything like that to, uh, yeah, I give you more bass. Because when we moved you from uh, the Yeti to the Road Podcaster, uh, you you and lost, also from the bathroom to an actual room. You lost bass, and and I wanted to give you more, so I give you some bass to to make your voice more warm for the listening audience. Um, and yeah, if you have any further questions about that, I would be happy to answer them. But um, I'm I'm afraid that maybe I have done a terrible job. Uh, John asks, are you still using Evernote? If not, what have you switched to? So I'll, I'll, um, answer. Like I said, a second ago, I have moved like text note stuff into simple note. Um, the bulk of what I had in Evernote though, was stuff that Mike, you and I shared for running, uh, relay, Mm -hmm. uh, as you might imagine, dear listener, it takes a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff that we have to keep up with. And you and I have basically migrated our entire business to Google Drive. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's back up on that a little bit. There was no me in this. You migrated us. You, you were fine. I, I mean, the important stuff was already in there. We already had all of our, our budgets and calendars and stuff in Google Drive. So it was really just moving the tech stuff to it. So. I literally had no say in this. Yeah, just one fine. day it all appeared in Google Drive, and I was told that everything you was going in there. Just want to let you know, everyone, this is how our business works. <laughs> uh, what about uh, What about the two of you? I noticed it's still on both of your home screens. Yeah, because I I tried to at least consider the option of uh, leaving Evernote and going with another solution because, you know, I don't like some of the stuff they've been doing. We we talked about this and Mike disagrees with me, but it's it's fine. We're still friends. So we, uh, I mean, I tried to, um, we're still friends, right, Mike? Oh, 100%, like best friends. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I tried to um, consider the option, and I, when I was thinking about this, 
I I made a list of the of the things that I need in Evernote. And these are support for each text. The ability to create notes that combine text and PDFs and images. The ability to share a, no a notebook with another person, that person be my girlfriend, and perhaps the single task that I do the most in Evernote every week, the ability to use third-party apps to append text or links to an existing note. So I consider two options. Either I split up Evernote in a bunch of apps, so I do, I don't know, plain text and rich text with an app, then I do images and PDFs with Dropbox, and then I collect, you know, links and, and text uh, in another way, or I go with OneNote by Microsoft. My problem is that basically I'm not I can't find an alternative that works as easily as Evernote does for me. And in spite of the stuff that I don't like, such as the context feature that they did, the fact that Evernote always shows me some kind of advertisement uh, when I open the app, I still need its functionality because I, I have this workflow that I use in the app called Workflow also, uh, that I use to append links to two notes, one that I keep for virtual, which is the show that Mike and I do for video games, and another note that I keep for uh, MacStories Weekly, our newsletter. And in just three seconds, I can append text and links to those two notes. And then when the time comes, I open the note, I copy all the links and I do stuff with them. And there's no, I looked around. I, I, I consider Google Docs. I consider OneNote. I consider doing workflows with uh, plain text and Dropbox. Evernote is just too easy. And it's got all these features. So even if it, they do a couple of weird things that I don't like, it's still the better solution for me. Again, a long answer. I hope that's okay. Well, no, but that's it's good. It's good to know. I, I mean, for me, my main use of Evernote, and, and I still consider it to in my opinion, I know that other people feel differently. For me, there is no better app for traveling documents. Um, everything, Absolutely. Everything that I do when I'm traveling, uh, yeah. I I put it all in there. And uh, yeah, and, and, and you, I love it for that. You told me to do the same when I went to uh, San Francisco. So I created an offline notebook and I... I kept all my documents and references in there uh, with a copy of my, with a good picture of my passport also. And I, I saved the, the notebook offline to the top of my shortcuts and it was a huge, huge help. Yeah. And, and totally like, so, you just, you just, what I like is I get an itinerary or something, I just email it to Evernote. And I know that there are apps and services that do it, but the apps and services that do it, they have like a, a vested interest to try and upsell me on their like you could get a car from the airport type stuff and like for whatever Evernote may or may not be doing their business model isn't tied to like travel services and like I'm just not interested in that I just like all of my documents like my passport and all that sort of stuff to have scans in there like Evernote is killer for that and you can download it all yeah it works really great um Shall we uh should we take a quick break and then we got a bunch more stuff, including what's probably gonna be the greatest segment, which is personal stuff. 
Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Yes. We've got a lot of personal questions. I like getting personal with you guys. Good, because you're going to. Uh, this episode <laughs> of Connected is brought to you by Smile Software and PDF Pen Scan Plus. PDF Pen Scan Plus is the mobile app for scanning and OCR. It allows you to scan documents using OCR directly from your iPhone and iPad camera. It's a super powerful, really beautiful app, but more importantly, it can always be with you. And that's what makes it so awesome. Like, you know, if you're out at a restaurant and it's a, obviously a business uh, restaurant dinner that you're, that you're going to claim back on your taxes, you're able to take a scan of the receipt right there with your iPhone. You know, these things are really powerful because they sit in your pocket. Uh, PDF Pen Scan Plus 2.0 has been released just, uh, just recently, I think about a week or so ago. And there's a free upgrade for existing users. And now it can help you blast through stacks of documents and receipts better and quicker than ever before. PDF Pen Scan Plus now automates capturing an image, cropping it, and setting the size and color depth of the scan. It takes all of the taps out of the scanning process. So it's much faster and easier to use than ever before. You just point your phone and it just does it. Just go. Point your phone and go. And of course, you can export multiple Im- multiple documents all at once, making batch scanning even easier than ever when you combine this with on-device OCR and automatic uploading to iCloud or Dropbox you have all of the scanning and OCR power that you're going to need on that device that can just sit in the palm of your hand. PDF Pen Scan Plus's OCR uh, allows it to even name files automatically by date and lets you grab the text of your scan for copying and pasting to other apps. These new features of PDF Pen Scan Plus, it's just one other way that Smile is helping me to be able to do my business on the go. They make such fantastic products that allow me to get my work done in a way that I'm happy with. Uh, I'm at the point now where there are some, like, Smile's apps, I actually can't work without them. You know, like this, and we've got, like, regular PDF Pen uh, on the desktop, uh, Text Expander, like, these apps, I can't work about them anymore. That's what I love about Smile. PDF Pen Scan Plus is now also available in the PDF Business Kit Bundle, uh, along with PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone for $21.99 US. Um, Alone, PDF Pen Scan Plus is $6.99, and PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone is $19.99. So it's an incredible deal at $21.99 for both PDF Pen Scan Plus and PDF Pen for iPhone and iPad. The best scanner is the one you've got with you, so grab PDF Pen Scan Plus from the App Store today. Thank you so much to Smile for their support of this week's episode. Sweet. Love those guys. They They're are the, best. the very best. So before personal questions, mm, mm. we're going mm, to talk about the 6 Plus. Everyone's favorite phone, including... Mm three of us jason snow casey liss lots of people love it john asks a question that federico is now going to read see what i did that hmm. mm-hmm. really nice introduction steven thank you i, I, I was hate, distracted I in thinking about my six plus <laughs> um what aspect of the six plus is the hardest to get used to hashtag connector qa um, Mike, what is the uh, what has been the the other aspect of the the six plus for you? I think it's obvious though, right? It's physical size, like you have to get used to that. It's especially if you come in like from what I did, and I came from the five. Like that's a that's a big jump, and you have to get used to that. Hmm. Um, but once you interesting, do, we di- we disagree. <laughs> okay. Interesting, okay, yeah, but you didn't come from the five. 
I, I, this is what I mean. I could, we may have different ones because you came from the six. Yeah. And, and one of the reasons True. I think that you two like it so much is because you were able to come from the six. So you get a lot more of the benefit for not that much more space taken up. But for me, like I was coming from a device that like it, the, the entire device fits inside of the screen. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like this. It was a huge, huge jump, but I got used to it really quickly. But for me, it was the biggest thing. So now I'm interested in what you have to say, Federico. Mm. Yeah, um, for me, it has been the uh, inconsistency of landscape mode uh, because I really like how like the 6 Plus, uh, and I think we talked about this before, it's like a, when, you, when you hold it in landscape mode, it's like a, it's like a video game console, you know, because uh, the, at least the way that I, like my grip on the device, it feels like holding... Uh, like a PSP or a PS Vita, but it's a it's a it's an iOS device. So I I get this landscape home screen and I get you know apps in landscape and it's it's not really like a like an iPad, but it's also not like an iPhone. And I really like this mode because you know I can keep I I can keep my hands around the device and I can use my thumbs to to tap stuff around. And what I what I'm struggling to get used to is is the software and hardware inconsistencies. From a hardware perspective, I really don't like how when you switch to landscape and when I wrap my hands around the device, the uh, the audio jack is basically right where my palm is. Yeah, and so. Because I use the the Apple earpods, I don't have Bluetooth uh, earbuds um, yet. Um, you know, when, when I when I put my hand my my right hand on the device in landscape, it feels like I'm crushing the the, the little plug. So that's not <laughs> that's not great. And also from a software perspective, I really don't like how some apps are. Uh, have been updated for the 6 plus and they have the special mode for landscape and others are not and this includes apple's own apps pretty sure the the podcasts app is not compatible with the 6 plus in landscape mode and of course twitter doesn't have landscape mode at all so i really don't like when i'm uh, when i'm like okay i want to switch to landscape mode and then i start using my phone most apps have been updated for landscape and then there's that was that particular app that forces me to switch back to portrait mode that inconsistency has really been a pr- uh, struggle for me and i do wish that um, in the future, you know, at least developers will t- better, take better advantage of uh, the 6 Plus uh, special layout because I'm not hoping for, for Apple to change the position of the, the, the audio jack. But at least, you know, apps could be better. <laughs> apps could be better. That's, that's a that's title. <laughs> the Federico Vatici story. <laughs> 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 I think for me it was one-handed use. I use my six uh, a lot one-handed. You know, if I'm just walking around or doing something, you know, we've got uh, kids and whatnot. So sometimes I'm like doing something on my phone. All of a sudden they need something, so I'm like trying to transition from doing something on my phone, like put it in my pocket while I catch, you know, the hot dog that's flying to the floor or whatever's happening. And the six plus makes all that like one-handed interaction a little more awkward. Totally doable. 
um, under under the right circumstances. But I think for most people, including me, it's a two hand device most of the time. Um, but that said, I got used to it really quickly. You know, I had mine for two weeks and it was um, lovely and I miss it and I wanted to come back. Uh, Federico, would you like to ask me uh, the question that, that Chris has posed? Has iMike tried the Advitici all landscape game controller style iPhone 6 Plus method? Have you? Well, this is kind of what you were just describing, right? About how you yep. like to use it in landscape. Exactly. And I do, I definitely do, but um, I have been dealing with the frustrations that you have um, as well. And also, like, because so few apps supported this for a while, I've kind of got used to not using it that much. Um, mm-hmm. I do every now and then, uh, but but probably not as much as, as I could or maybe even should. There are some apps that support it really well, like on these apps, uh, are all starting to support this stuff really well because they're, they're making their apps universal. So I think they're taking from what they're learning from the iPad and, and building in a lot more like split view control, which is really cool. Um, but I think a lot of a lot of apps, it feels like uh, some of the split view stuff that they're doing, it's it's like, as I think I mentioned this before, it feels like, it's like a little gratuitous. It's like, oh, we can do this, so we'll just do it without anybody actually really understanding the utility um, but in the twenty in the year of Mike was right, where everybody switches to six plus, like I expect there to be changes in the way that people think about these things. I don't really, not everybody will, a lot of people will. But my my point there is like, I think that it's it's like you know some of the problems that you see with the iPad, right? And that maybe not a lot of developers use the iPad, so a lot of iPad apps go by the wayside. Um, which I think was a conversation that we were having a few months ago. I think it's the same kind of thing with a 6 Plus. Like People don't fully understand a device, so they don't think about how how much utility you can add because they're kind of not used to it. So, but I do try and use it where I can. So what happens, Mike, when the, the year of, of Mike is over? Uh, we go to do the you, year of Mike 2. Do you die? I, well, I have to wait and see. That's the cliffhanger, I suppose. Because... <laughs> What happened to Luigi? Well, Luigi went for like 18 months, right? So I'm like, when, I... when do you turn 27, Michael? I already am 27. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, is there any significance oh. to that? Oh. No. Oh. No. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Moving on. Uh,. What do we have there? Oh, this we have some stuff. This is this is in the category of miscellaneous Apple stuff. Uh, this comes from Zach. What are some of the new features that you would like to see in iOS nine? I'm going to restrict this oh, to man. one thing, <laughs> Federico. Oh, okay, because we oh. only have like forty five minutes left. How am I supposed to pick one? Because as well, you know, we have time to do this stuff later. We're we're approaching that okay. time of the year. We'll okay. have whole episodes dedicated okay, to okay. this. One Whatever. thing. Whatever. Um, Stephen, why don't you uh, go but, first? Uh, <laughs> why thank you, you Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do I want out of iOS 9? I would like the ability to set my extension order and it remember it between applications. That's all I want. No, nothing else. Right now, for instance, if you uh, change your share extensions in TweetBot and then you go to Safari... It's different again. And usually reading lists is at the front, and that makes me sad and angry. Uh, I just want better control over extensions and the way they appear and the way they work. Um, I would 
like to i'm never going to get this i would like to be able to set default email client as mailbox instead of mail and mm. maybe even like you know set other types of app like i would like set chrome as my uh web browser like i would like to be able to do all of that stuff um instead of having to be pushed into the apple apps i do not use Uh, like i'll give you an example of of a reason for this so federico sent me a draft of an article he's writing earlier and it was a dropbox link right and uh i opened it up in dropbox and then i like into into well, open into Safari, right? Because he sent it to me in messages. So open up in Safari. So I was like, fine. I'm just gonna copy and uh, paste this text into Byword, right? Because I get a nice preview of all the markdown. I think I like the way that it looks. So it's in Safari. I click the link to download the text, and it shows me like a a list. It just shows me all the text in like a in a in you know in its glory on the Dropbox website. Safari would not let me copy copy this text. Couldn't select it. Chrome could though. Safari couldn't. So I, had to, you know, I had to go through all that frustration. I had to open my great workflow of uh, open URL in, URL in Chrome to be able to get these things to happen. Safari, man. I'm just sorry. Go away. I'm sorry you went you went through all this trouble. For it's not me. your fault. You'll be using Chrome soon anyway, so it won't be a problem. No. Uh, Federico, um, what is the one thing that you would like to see in iOS nine? The one thing I would really like to see is more ways to activate extensions without going through the share sheet every single time. And if I had to pick one, or maybe allow me to, Michael, mm-hmm. it would be one to be able to run extensions from the copy and paste menu. So for, I don't know, selected text or for selected images so that I can run, you know, an extension, you know, in, in, a, in different places. And the other extension-related wish would be to... This is two things. It's it's a one thing in, in, in two flavors. Oh, silly um, me. It's, it's, uh, I also would like to um, run, to open an ex- a specific extension directly without having to choose it manually. So I don't know, like developers could have a one password icon in their apps and I type the icon and, you know, I I, I get presented with the one password extension right. without picking the extension from the share sheet. Yeah, because like you in many apps, you press the one password button and it opens the share yep. sheet. And, and I find some then just have the one password extension yeah. in them, which seems so redundant. Yeah, uh, yeah I agree with that. That's a, that's a really good, that's a really good one. Okay, so uh, I believe that you two maybe could take this one, or maybe Stephen, you could do it. Whoever wants to, do, there's a lot of questions here, a lot of personal stuff. Stephen, uh, Stephen, let's let's make Stephen pick this one. Okay, Stephen Hackett, <laughs> give us some personal stuff. Oh, you don't have to ask me twice. Um, Federico, what was your first screen name? I really don't want to share this one because there will <laughs> I, be... I don't want to share mine either. There will oh. be the creepy people looking into my past. Yeah. I, I call foul on that question. Unless someone wants to share. I don't want to share. Mike, do you want to? Well, for as far back as I can remember, I've used iMike, which is a significant problem for me uh, because people find things and they like to show me them. <laughs> we, we remember when, when we Yeah, we found, found your, your old Tumblr. Yeah, yeah I, I remember that and I had to delete it whilst we were on the air. It was really upset. reading things. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thanks again. 
So you guys won't share, but I was forced to share. Uh, so, so there we go. Next. <laughs> Next, uh, we have a question about coffee. Um, Federico, I'm going to let you read and answer this question all at once. <clears throat> okay. Why is Mike always right? Oh, that's it's okay. you know, we know that part is correct. So it's okay. And is it okay to drink mocha from a Bialetti, which is a, a brand of uh, uh, coffee machines, when there is no espresso machine around? Hmm. Well, it's always uh, uh, li- this is listener, um, Jui, Jui, yeah, Jui, um. Listener Jui, um, <laughs> it is always right to drink mocha from a Bialetti when there's there's no espresso machine around. In fact, I will tell you a story. There was a time when I couldn't drink espresso because, you know, I was going through treatments and my, my sense of taste was kind of weird. So for some reason, I really didn't like espresso anymore because it was too strong and I switched to, to the mocha. And it was awesome. It's all, You can always have... In fact, I'm pretty sure most Italians, after lunch or dinner or whatever, they brew a mocha instead of a... It, it's not so common to have an espresso machine. It is far more common to have a mocha. Um, at least most Italians. So, yes, it is, it, is always, it is always okay. Don't be afraid. I don't even understand anymore. half of the words in that question. Yeah. So I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna say that Federico's is Federico's right. See, F- teach you can be right oh, too. Oh, thank you. Anytime. I'm pleased. <laughs> it's a great feeling. Uh, Stephen, do you wanna do you wanna tell us the the, the name of the next listener? Nope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this person asks. Oh no, um, let's go for it. Uh, no, no. Watch what watch tech. Watch watch it's like the polish wozniak i'm sure yeah yeah it's Wojtek. uh he asks what our favorite movies are and why federico hasn't watched star wars <laughs> okay so um let's start for for star wars and just get it over with um because i didn't i didn't grow up with friends obsessed with sci-fi and because my parents didn't you know they didn't tell me about the existence of star wars when i was when i was really uh, when i was little and so i didn't have any sort of uh, sci-fi influence to learn from and when i grew up i sort of you know i i was never into sci-fi because I was never, you know, guided towards sci-fi. And when I started using Twitter and I saw that most uh, nerds that I followed were obsessed with sci-fi, uh, I just, I, I thought it was kind of cool to be different. Uh, I never, I never watched Star Wars. That's, that's fair. Uh, what's your favorite, what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie? Yes. <laughs> It's a stupid Italian comedy <laughs> called Savages. <laughs> it's that was no, almost the name of our podcast. <laughs> it, it is so okay. Let me let me come clean here. Um, I I don't think I have a very um, 
developed uh, taste in movies. I tend to like a lot of stupid stuff uh, because I, I, I subscribe to the theory that because life is always so complicated, when I sit down and I need, want to spend a couple of hours being entertained, I don't want to watch something heavy or too complex. I just want to unplug my brain and, you know, laugh. And this is the reason why most of the TV shows and the movies that I watch are comedies, because I want to have a good time. Not saying that you cannot have a good time while you watch more, uh, you know, involved material or, you know, complicated movies with big themes and stuff. I do watch those type of, you know, entertainment every once in a while. I do like House of Cards and I do love Breaking Bad. It's just that most of the time I just want to have a good time and, 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 and be stupid, if you know what I mean. And um, so there's this Italian, Italian movie. It's called Selvaggi. It's, it means sav savages. And it's from the 90s, and it's a really, really silly movie. I'm and struggling time... to find this online. Oh, sure. Let me, let me send you a link. And every time it is on TV, uh, it's from 1995. So every time it's on TV, I just, I watch the movie, and, and, and I laugh like an idiot. And, I, and uh, you know, it reminds me when I was young, when I w first watched this movie, and it's full of it, it, old Italian pop culture, which is always funny. I mean, I guess that there's also a favorite movie from the serious kind of library. From, you know, I don't know. I'm really not a movie person. I like Harry Potter <laughs> movies. Right. I'm we're sorry, just, guys. We're just, we're just naming movies now. <laughs> uh, what about you, Mike? Uh, Back to the Future, I think. Yeah, it's mine too. Duh. You're so cliche. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, how did Federico keep himself busy if he didn't sleep on his flights to and from California? Well, first off, first off, those people need to be listening to virtual, don't they, Federico? Where you explained what you did. Yeah, exactly. And also, I first I stared into the nothingness of the plane because it was, you know, they turned off the lights and I could only see you know the, the the seat in front of me and a bunch of lights in the in the a few meters away and I also looked at the presentation my 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 plane <laughs> neighbor was working on and uh, it was really boring <laughs> then uh, for for a, uh, I guess for 20 minutes I looked at the at the at the the screen with the movie he was watching also, without audio, of course. Wow. And then I just stood there and I, you know, I ordered some food and some drinks. Not much, actually. Um, and then I just, you know, I just kept thinking about not crashing. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was wow. 11, 11 hours of a uh, Didn't thinking. do anything. Um, why don't we go for the next question from Joe? Oh, uh, what? Let's see. Can I can I can colors. I pick this one? Yeah, of course. Oh. You can. Steven, what's your favorite color? Mike, what's your favorite color? Dici qual è il tuo colore preferito? You rearranged his <laughs> Italian for him. 
Yeah, yeah, because I I need to I need to okay. to you know. Uh, well, I when I was a kid, I always said that my favorite color was orange. Um, for I I guess it was, but it's kind of not anymore. But uh, I still say it anyway. But uh, I actually you know I don't really own a lot of orange things. I guess I I maybe tend more towards like blue, but I still keep orange as my as the one that I say is my favorite color. So there you go. Do people ask you what's your favorite color? You just did. No, well, Joe did. Joe just did. Well, <laughs> Joe did via you. Okay. Steven, what what about your color? It's uh it's black. That's not even a color, it's a shade. <laughs> yes, it wow. It's not a color. It's so Black's technical, color. Mike. Like, black wow. everything everything looks better in black. If it's black is not a color. Well, Oh, now we're gonna get all the fallout from the color experts. Uh-huh. And they'll tell uh, you that black is not the color. A color, that's what the color experts are saying. What about what about you, Teach? Um I really don't <laughs> have a favorite color. But if I I mean at gunpoint, I would pick red. <laughs> no one's gonna ask you at gunpoint. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just I don't have one. But let's just say red is my favorite color. Yeah. Red, it's it's cool. It looks red. <laughs> it's like no, you don't know? mug me. No, I don't want your wallet. I want to know what color I should paint my house. <laughs> uh, ben asks, uh, obviously because of your endless mocking of me, how old <laughs> are each of you, and how long have you been on the Apple platform? So Steven I is forty-two, and he's been on the Apple platform for thirty-six years. <laughs> I'm 29, uh, and I've been on the platform since 2000 and uh, 2001. I have a, a article that I'll put in the show notes about my introduction to the Mac. What about uh, what about you guys? I am uh, 27, I think, and I have been on the Apple platform since 2004, 2005, something like that. Well, I'm 19, and <laughs> no one, no one interrupts me. I'm just gonna let you That's... keep going and see where you end no. up. <laughs> okay, I'm 26, turning 27 in August, and I've been on the Apple platform since uh, October, November, maybe October, maybe December. I don't know. Just, just say <laughs> late, late, <laughs> late 2008. Yeah. So Stephen is either the winner or the loser. No, definitely the winner. What was uh? So Mike, I know, I know yours was the first Intel iMac, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Federico, you had a MacBook Pro, or MacBook Pro, MacBook Pro, Pro uh, late two thousand and eight. Yeah, yeah. I had a uh, a classroom full of iMac G3s, and then eventually a uh, titanium PowerBook. So I think I win. I think that's what what the what we're learning here. Yeah, but you had to deal through more of the rubbish time than we did. That is uh, not untrue. <laughs> so maybe we win. Maybe. Um, huh. So yeah. So what's uh, what's the next question? Last question uh, to Mike and Federico. Since you do live recording at night, how do you keep yourselves awake and alert? Uh, yeah. This is from Shaf. Chef, uh, I don't think I do. I don't do anything specific. Like I don't drink coffee to stay awake or anything like that. I just, it's is my job, so I kind of have to stay awake, you know. 
Um, sometimes, sometimes you will hear me, maybe mainly on analog, like get a bit sleepy because sometimes I have to, I record that show at midnight. Um, so maybe if I'm ever sleepy, it's on that show. Or there was this one episode of uh, Command Space I did with John Syracuse once, which I recorded at three in the morning. Um, that I was very tired in that one. Hmm. Well, I I don't use drugs. Why do you I feel do... like you always have to? To tell people that, like you it sounds more a lot. like uh, it sounds more suspect, defensive. Yeah, yeah. Just don't say it. I, I think because I, I, I can, you know, I, I can be uh, assumed to be a drug person for some reason <laughs> because <laughs> I'm, you know, because I tend to, you know, I go out and I, I, I enjoy partying and that sort of stuff. So maybe there's an assumption. Just wanna, just wanna be clear, uh-huh. you know. Okay. <laughs> just wanna make sure people don't get the wrong idea. Right. That, that, that's all. Uh, I do drink coffee, espresso, which is the real coffee, as everybody knows. Um, it's also the real drug. It's also the real drug, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I guess the, the main point is that I, I have adjusted my my schedule to be more sort of American. Yeah, unfortunately. But see, I I um, I thought that that would happen for me, but I kind of go to bed at like two or three in the morning and wake up at nine, so I feel like I'm not doing that properly. Interesting. Mm. You're close to it. I used to I used to go to bed at like six p.m., six a.m., seven a.m., and for the past few months, I've been trying to be more, uh, you know, decent and go to bed at 4.30 a.m., uh, 5 a.m. tops. Uh, so it's not like I'm really American. It's more like I'm in the middle of the ocean, time zone-wise. Um, but yeah, I, I a big part of my, my, my... Because basically right now it's, it's almost midnight, so it would be like... It, I mean, most Italian people go to bed now, but for me, it's like 6 p.m., maybe. Yeah, kind of. 6 p.m., 7 p.m. So I feel I feel strong and energized. So uh, on that strong and energized note, uh, we have come to the end of this week's episode. Um, and so I think that we have uh, sufficiently aided some cues today. Would you, would you guys agree with, that we have done that? It was a always always a fun episode to do. <laughs> Feels good. If you want to find our show notes for this week, you can go to relay.fm slash connected slash thirty two. Um I will not be here next week. Um I'm going to be traveling. And then the week after that we're gonna maybe record it a different day so I don't have to miss two episodes because I will I will miss my friends on Connected. So uh, I'm gonna be at all next week. Feels to me like you're always traveling, Mike. I travel a lot these days, Federico, um, but so do you now. Do I, really? Recently, you've traveled the furthest out of all of us. You went Once, all the way to just, California. You know, for two days. Still and, still distance, know. my friend. I've not been to America this year, I don't think. Yet, then you will go like three times in two months. Uh, That's not actually too wrong. It's pretty close to that, <laughs> I must say. Uh, but yeah, you, you can uh, you can look out for these guys next week. I'm sure they'll have a very fun show. I always enjoy listening to Connected when when I'm not on it because um, I like this show. 
I, I do like this show. I'm sure that you like it too, and if you like it enough that you would like to interact with us on a social brand engagement level, um, you can follow Federico. He's at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. Stephen is at I-S-M-H. And I am at I-M-Y-K-E on the Twitter, and we are underscore connected FM as a show, as a sentient show being, um, which Stephen sometimes nudges in the right direction thanks again to our sponsors this week our friends over at bushel and smile with their great app pdf pen scan plus for the iphone and the ipad but thanks most of all to you guys for listening and until next time bye bye arrivederci adios